This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. So just a quick few minutes to say hi there. I'm sorry to cut across conversations. There'll be more time at the end uh, to continue chatting and and grab a cup of tea and coffee and things. I realised I forgot to introduce myself at the start of the service like I often do, um, but my name's Hannah and I lead at Sterling Vineyard. Um, That was my husband, Stan, that just shared that word and we did not intentionally dress to match this morning. (laughs) That just happened. (laughs) Brilliant. So I was wondering, or have you ever wondered or thought what it might like to be a king or queen? What would it be like to be the ultimate ruler? Is that ever something that might have crossed your mind? You know, I was thinking about that this week, and I was reminded of a well-known cartoon movie that lots of us are familiar with called The Lion King. I think lots of us would maybe be familiar with the song, Oh, I Just Can't Wait to Be King, in that movie. What is it exactly that Simba is so excited about when he thinks about becoming king? How do the words of the song go again? I'm sure we could sing it together, but I won't make you do that. No one's saying do this. No one's saying be there. No one's saying stop that. No one's saying see here. Free to run around all day and free to do it all my way. Is that what it was that Simba was looking forward to about being king? Was it about freedom? Was it about having power? Was it about just simply not being told what to do? Maybe even it was about getting to tell other people what to do. Is that the kind of thing that we want to aspire to in life, having that kind of power? Or perhaps for us, our aspiration isn't to be king, but rather it's to be the boss of a big company or to run our own business or this idea that we just want to be our own boss in life, to be the one in charge. Or maybe we simply want to be someone who can be an influencer in the world. Someone who has the ability to affect change. Someone who's able to look at things and be able to do things in a better way. Is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't think it is. You know, I think lots of us want to be able to use our power and our gifts for good. Fairy tales and kids' stories are filled with, the, with kind of depictions of, of maybe royalty, rulers, kings and queens, the good and the bad. You know, we see the ones, don't they, the evil rulers who are out for themselves versus those who are looking to serve their kingdoms and to do the best for their people. We see the power hungry and those looking to serve. And you know, as we think about the kingdom of God, God is looking for people to become influences, influencers in our world. God is looking for people who want to partner with him to effect change, to carry the culture of the kingdom, to petition for change, and ultimately to lead people towards him. And throughout the Bible, we see God's selection process for choosing his leaders. And often, it's very different to what the world would look to choose or promote. We're at the beginning of a new series that we'll be doing over the next few weeks at Sterling Vineyard, studying the life of David and looking deeper into the life of David. And the title that I've given this series is Becoming. And the idea behind this is that we look at the life, as we look at the life of David, we see, how, we see him becoming king. We see him becoming king of all of Israel from very humble beginnings as a simple shepherd. 
We see him becoming a mighty leader, a man chosen by God, a man who, who others would follow into battle and into the most dangerous of situations. We see him becoming a man after God's heart. We see him becoming a man that God was able to use in powerful ways. Becoming a man of worship, a man who knew what it was to be in God's presence. And David certainly wasn't perfect, and we'll discuss that a little bit more as we go through the series. But I think it's the humanness of David and the way that he loved and met with God that often gives us hope in the midst of our own brokenness, in the midst of our own relationship and walk with Jesus. See, God's created each one of us here with a purpose. God's created us each with something to contribute and something to give to the kingdom of God. He's adopted us as his children and he gives us a royal identity. He's entrusted us with a call. And so I wanted to ask us this morning, who are we becoming? So today we want to look at uh, the book of Samuel. So we're in 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you have a Bible, you might want to turn there. If you have your phone, uh, you can flip there. If you don't have a Bible, we do have some more up the back if you would like a physical Bible. And if you don't have your own Bible, please feel free to take that away with you. Um, but we're going to read from Samuel, 1 Samuel, verse 16, and we're starting. Um, sorry, chapter 16, and we're starting in verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, see, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you, and you'll feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine looking man and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, a young goat and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul said, sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. And whenever the Spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play. The relief, then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Amen. This is an interesting chapter and we started the series a couple of weeks ago um, in our online service where we looked at the first chapter um, and Fiona led us through that and particularly the first part of this chapter shows how God looks not at outward appearance but looks at the heart, it looks at the inside and if you missed that you can catch up on that on our YouTube channel uh, and I certainly recommend that you do. But we see how the first half of the chapter also deals with, with David's anointing, with him being chosen by God, anointed by God, knowing that one day he would become the future king of Israel. And then the second half of chapter 16 sees David move to the palace, but maybe not in the way that we would expect him to after that anointing moment. See, what happens is that he goes to the palace to serve the current king. David goes to the palace carrying a word that he's going to be the future king. But God's put him there to serve. God's favor is on David's life, but he's clearly in a process of preparation, getting ready for what God has for him in the future. 
And I think that we can see from this how often God's preparation process isn't often the process that we would plan or that we would have in mind. And so I want to think today, what can we learn from this passage about becoming king from David and from this passage? And the first thing is that I think we see how servanthood is the mark of a godly king. See, David is a servant through and through. And it's in that place of servanthood that so much of his character has been developed and been formed. Shepherding was not a well-thought-of career back in the day in Israel. But David did it willingly and he did it to the best of his ability. And he used the time in the fields to grow in his relationship with God, to grow in his dependence on God. When the sheep were attacked by wild animals, David didn't just sit back and write them off, but he fought them off. He learned how to fight. He learned how to depend on God. He developed his skills as a a soldier, as a a warrior in that simple place. You know, his faithfulness in that seemingly insignificant role allowed him to develop bravery and fighting skills. And it all happened in an environment where no one else was around to see it. But God is always watching. God is always paying attention to what we are doing and how we are doing it. Do we do things reluctantly or out of a sense of obligation because we need the paycheck at the end of the month? Or are we pursuing excellence in the places that God has called us to be? In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as if working for the Lord and not for human masters. See, God is looking for servants. God is looking for servant rulers to anoint. And Jesus himself modeled what it was to be a servant. You know, he was the son of God, a man of great power and great influence, but he uses that power and influence to ultimately serve the Father and to serve others around him. He stands against injustice. He brings healing to the broken. He meets people's spiritual hunger and ultimately leads them to the Father by laying down his life. And what about that time when Jesus overheard his disciples arguing over the, on the road about who, who is the greatest? He couldn't have been more clear as he sat his disciples down and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. And that's in Mark chapter 9, 35. And so David arrives in the palace in this chapter, but not to overthrow the king as eager as he maybe was to start living out the call of God that had been spoken over his life. He would sit, David was sent to the palace not to rule, but to serve, to soothe the king in the moments of affliction as he played to him, to be at the king's beck and call, to, to carry his armor, to serve, to serve, to serve. This is God's process of preparation. David served in the field and now he moves to the palace. See, God has a process of preparation for each of us to walk to as he prepares us for the call he has. And I I think that how obedient we are and what attitude we do it with directly impacts how quickly we can grow into the things and the call of God. I did a discipleship year many years ago and one of the lessons that really stood out from that year that someone taught me is that often you need to serve someone else's vision before you get released into your own. And you know what, at the time that I received that that kind of word, um, I was in a church that didn't believe in women in leadership and I was for the first time just starting to get words around leadership, but I felt God continue to speak to me, stay, stay in that place, serve, honour the leadership that you're under, stay and serve. And that was the word at that time. And it was in that, it's in that place of service that we learn to grow. 
that we form our character, that we learn to develop our relationship with God, our, our obedience and our dependence, and even how to deal with frustration when we're in a culture where we feel like we're not getting anywhere or growing. It's okay to be frustrated about where we are right now, but I think the key thing to know is what is God saying? What is God saying to us? Are we being obedient to what God has said? Because we need to be people who hear the voice of God. We need to be people who know what it is to hear the voice of God and be led by the voice of God. That is our privilege as adopted children of God. We get to hear him. We get to do life with him. We get to have a relationship with him. And so, God, this morning, I want to pray that you just help us serve wherever it is that you have us, in the jobs that we enjoy and even in the jobs that we don't, in our workplaces, in our church, in our city, and in our neighborhood. Where is it that God is calling us to serve as he grows and develops us? The second thing I see in this passage is how we need to let God promote us. What did David do after he received this incredible prophetic word and this anointing moment? We see in this passage that when Saul sent for David in verse 19, it says that David was with the sheep. David knows at this point that he's been chosen to be king. But what does he do? He doesn't gather an army. He doesn't storm the palace or overthrow the king or pray that God would strike Saul down dead. He doesn't do any of that. He simply goes back to serving the sheep, to looking after the sheep. And he waits. He waits on God's timing. He doesn't get mad at God and say, okay, God, I've been doing this for years now. When's it my time? He waits. He waits on God. And when God is at work and when he has us where he wants us, it's him that will open the doors. It's him that's going to make a way for things to happen. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, it says to humble yourself and at the proper time he will exalt you. See, David didn't have to self-promote. David didn't have to make it happen. The Lord was with David and he was on David. And in verse 18, it's Saul's servant that says of David that he's a brave man, a warrior. He, he speaks well, he's fine looking and the Lord is with him. See, people could see the presence of God that was with David. People could see that God was with him. David didn't need to self-promote. It can be so tempting, can't it, to make things happen in our own strength or to steal the wheel, to steal the driving wheel from God and the way that he wants to do it. And this can be an ongoing battle. God, you're taking too long. I just want to go the quick route. I don't want to go the long way around. I want to go the shortcut. And we try and steal the wheel and take it back. And you know what? God is so gracious because he lets us. He lets us sometimes divert things and he waits for us to come to say and say, okay, God, I'm ready now. I'm ready to do it your way. God is so gracious to us. Isn't it funny how sometimes as we follow the leading of God, it feels like he has taken us in the opposite direction to the word that he's spoken over our lives. And I certainly had that experience. Um, I, I sort of referenced my gap year, and on that year was certainly the first time that I started to get words about leadership and in the church in Scotland. And towards the end of the year, I received a really clear word from God saying that you need to go south before you go north. And after that, I ended up moving to Essex, where I worked for a church for four and a half years. You know, I was carrying a word about a church in Scotland, but God took me to England. And then after four and a half years, when I moved back, God began to speak to me about going back to university to study medicine and be become a physician associate. You know, these things seemed so far removed from that call or those words that I'd received. And you know what? It was 11 years after receiving those words that I actually moved to Stirling um, to, to plant Stirling Vineyard. 
But as I look back on the journey and I realize that I wouldn't have been able to do any of that journey, I wouldn't have been able to facilitate things financially if I didn't have that job that God had prepared me for, if I didn't have that experience of working at the church in Essex. It wasn't the preparation plan that I would have had in mind. And you know, I'm still on a journey with God as we all are, but I definitely find it a bit easier to trust when God speaks a word that seems to be in opposition to what I think we should be doing. I'm learning to trust and obey him. You know, I'm sure lots of us here can reflect on moments where God has spoken into our lives and maybe has guided us or taken us somewhere that feels like it's in the absolute opposite direction. I'm sure we could pass the microphone around and give some testimonies, but where things have all come good in the end. Or maybe you're sitting here today and it feels like you're in the middle of one of those moments. You feel confused about where you are and what you're doing. But I want to encourage you this morning to keep trusting, to keep obeying, to keep seeking him, to keep pursuing his voice because he will come through in the end. He is a good God who has good things for each and every one of us. Let's not get spooked and try and grab the wheel back and do it our own way. But let's follow him and submit to his process in our lives. And finally, God wastes nothing. You know, there's so many skills that David learned in the fields as he looked after the sheep. And we mentioned already how he learned to fight. um, And that went on to mark his leadership. He learned a dependence on God. And it was also in the fields where he learned to play the lyre, the harp, or had opportunity to do so. And we see in this chapter how when David plays, the music soothes Saul. It soothes him from the torment of the evil spirit. You know, David wasn't just a good musician. But his worship carried the spirit and the presence of God. And see, that kind of worship comes from a place of intimate relationship with God. It comes from a place of practice. It comes from a place of regularly going to the presence of God. It's heartfelt where his heartfelt worship was connecting with the spirit of God. And it was this gift that perhaps seemed insignificant that opened a door for David into the palace. Zechariah 4.10 says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Romans 8.28, that famous verse, God will use all things for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. See, God wastes nothing. God knows the skills that we need to fulfill our call in him. Yeah, as we finish, Jesus came to welcome the kingdom of God. And each one of us have been commissioned to join with him to carry on the work of building and welcoming the kingdom of God. A kingdom of love, of righteousness, of justice and peace. And we've all been adopted as part of that plan as children of God and given that royal identity. We have a part to play. Are we on our way? Are we in process with God? Or are we in a time where we're trying to steal the wheel and do it, do it our own way, twisting God's arm to get him to do what we want rather than submitting to what he wants? Are we serving him? Are we waiting on him? Do we know what we're called to this morning? Do we feel like we're carrying a word where we know what we're called to? And, and I just wanted to encourage us, maybe if we don't know, maybe it's time to ask God. Where is it that you're calling me to serve? Where is it that you're calling me to make a difference in the world? You know, when you look around, what is your heart stirred by? What things upset you or move you? What things do you want to see changed? 
Do you have a heart to see poverty eradicated or governments govern more effectively or children to be educated world, communities to become reconnected, justice over injustice, the sick to be healed, cared for? What is the cause that breaks your heart that you want to bring to God? I just want to invite us that we would be partners with God, inviting him into our careers as well as our Sundays, into our studies as well as our Sundays. Why don't we stand together? I'm going to just invite the worship team to come. And we'll just finish our service shortly, but we love to just have a wee time to respond uh, to God. And as we worship in our last song together, um, there's an opportunity, if you'd like some prayer this morning, if there's anything that you've heard that, that maybe stirred your heart, or you just feel like you need a word from God this morning, then there'll be some people at the back who'd love to pray with you. Or maybe as we worship, you just want to wait on God. You know, are you in process with God? Do you know what you're heading towards? You know, are we being obedient to what the Spirit of God is speaking to our hearts? Father, as we just worship you, we welcome you to speak to us this morning. Father, we want to partner with you to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Father, would you help us serve and serve well? Would you help us be able to be trusted with your power and authority? That we would be people that welcome your kingdom. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Stirling Vineyard Sunday podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church. <laughs>